Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, episode number six. Are you addicted to Neo slash Urban Kizomba? Do you spend most of your free time watching Kizomba videos on YouTube and Facebook? Do you daydream about someday traveling to Europe to dance Kizomba? If you answered yes to any of these questions, get off your butt and head to the second annual Neo Kizomba Festival in Austin, Texas. We are bringing some of the top European instructors and DJs to you here in the US. Lawrence and Adeline, Isabel and Felicien, Anna Labon and DJ Snakes. This is all going down July 8th to the 10th in Austin, Texas. Find out more and grab your pass before the next price increase at NeoKidsFest.com. Again, that's NeoKidsFest.com. Welcome to the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, the podcast dedicated to inspiring dancers worldwide whose hearts have been touched by music and dance. The universal language of dance and music is spoken by many of us throughout the world. We want to motivate the dancer in you by sharing stories, insights, and ideas to enhance your journey. Join us now with your host, Charles Ogar. Welcome, welcome, everyone. This is Charles with the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast. And today, our special guest is the talented... Laurent of Laurent and Adeline. I'm pretty sure if you are in the Kizoma scene, you've seen a lot of his videos and probably shared them on Facebook or watched them maybe 20, 30, 50, 100 times. I had the pleasure to meet Laurent for the first time at the last year's first Neo Kizoma Festival in Austin, Texas. And there's an interesting story in that. We'll talk about it because you weren't even the original artist that we chose, but we can talk about that. We're definitely bringing Laurent again to our festival this year, the second annual Neo Kizoma Festival, July 8th to the 10th in Austin, Texas. You can find out more about that at neokizfest.com. But I'm going to go ahead and give the mic over to Laurent and let him introduce himself and tell the world a little bit about who he is and what he does now. Hello. I'm your father. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> I'm pretty excited to do this kind of interview because I really like uh, what you do, Charles, by trying to inspire people and the idea of the podcast is really, really good. So I'm pretty excited. Hello, everyone. And I'm here from France trying to to bring myself to the Kizomba world already from four years. Uh-huh. I'm just uh, basically a simple dancer and everything became like huge from maybe two or three years and that is awesome so i'm here to talk about it with charles and we're gonna spend a good time together definitely 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 so before we get into dance because i know our audience is going to want to know like your thoughts on kizomba and the tradition and being unique and all that kind of stuff let's go ahead and just give the audience a personal taste about who you are without kizomba so where were you born do you speak any other languages where were you raised things like that so my life. <laughs> so uh, I'm born from maybe near from Paris. This is a little city named Villebant. This is really near from Paris. I've born there. I'm originally from Caribbean, West Indies, Guadeloupe and Martinique. Nice. And I have always, always in France, but every time in vacation, I went there a lot of time. 
I think I have a pretty normal story in my life. Uh, really normal story till I got in Kizomba world. Like I went to school, I got my <laughs> diplomas, I had work and everything was pretty normal. And then Kizomba came in my life and everything changed. <laughs> okay, so where, what did you study when you went to school? And where did you work before you started to do Kizomba? So when I start, when I went to school, I started to study uh, IT. Ah, me too. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I started to IT. I got my diploma. I got a work, and then uh, I wanted to change because IT was good, but I could do it later. So I tried really for a while, like maybe one or two months. Uh, I tried to be uh, a dealer in the casino. You know, when you when you handle the game. Ah, so what game was it? Did you do Poker. one game? Poker. So you were one Poker. of the, the assistants in the casino, like dealing out the cards. <laughs> Definitely. I <Nice>. was. <laughs> okay. It was a nice experience because I needed to do two months uh, training formations. Mm -hmm. And I got uh, I got the diploma to do this in France. Mm -hmm. And I, I have done it in one month. And I really didn't really like the night, the night job, you know, mm -hmm. working in the night. It wasn't my thing. So I stopped. And I supposed to go back in IT world, mm -hmm. but uh, it took long. And in that long time, Kizomba came. <laughs> ah, okay. Was Kizomba your first dance that you learned or did you learn something else before Kizomba? That is an interesting question because it is and in the same time it is not. I will tell you why. <laughs> when I've been 16 old, uh, I have started with my maybe maybe my really close friends group to dance in the street, like really just like this, we didn't scrump. Like it was the, the famous dance that nobody was dancing it. So we started to dance it. We went, we went to competitions mm -hmm. uh, one year for one year, but it was really like ridiculous, like really nothing. We were a group, but we didn't even take it seriously. We were, we were a child, like 16 year old. So, Actually, it was nothing. Then that brought me to a hip hop group. I was the crumper uh -huh. of a hip hop group. And then we, we made choreography. And mm -hmm. in that choreography, I needed to open myself to hip hop moves. So I learned some hip hop moves, but really it was still a little group, like a little, little group. Uh, nothing like nothing. Now, right now, when I watch the videos, uh, don't ask me to show you because I don't have it anymore. Uh, <laughs> when I when I have the videos, I look at myself and I was like, it was really a little hip hop group. I didn't really dance for real hip hop, but I had an experience mm -hmm. in hip hop. Just just that because a lot of people now ask me, yes, you did hip hop. What was your name? What did you do? Did you win competitions in hip hop? Nothing. <laughs> I just really nothing. The first dance that I really put myself in it was Kizomba and I studied with Kizomba from zero and today I can admit that some little thing from hip hop is useful for me now but I will talk about it later. Okay for sure for sure for sure. So let's go ahead and get started with the story that how you came to find Kizomba from the, the hip hop crew you had. I, uh, I stopped the hip hop group for maybe two years and then two years later Kizomba came. Mm -hmm. When I stopped the, the hip hop group, I was still friends with them. I stopped it to dance, but I was still friends with them. And then they decided to make a new show with a lot of dance in it. 
you know, a lot of dance in it. And I wanted to bring bachata in this dance, in this show. Okay. I wanted to bring bachata because I have seen uh, the famous video of Ataka Elia Nemana. And I was actually learning bachata just from videos. Like, I didn't take any classes. I wanted to do one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, that. Uh-huh. And then I needed, <laughs> I needed a partner for that. Mm-hmm. So I was in the group, and in the group, a new girl came called Adeline. Uh-huh. And, then, and then she was pretty interesting by the bachata, the, the partner of dance, by the way. And then we started to dance bachata, but really for nothing. Like, like I, I started to dance crump, like really in my room, face to the video, oh, they do one, two, three, four, so let's take one, two, three, four, we did it. And then uh, we started to consider the possibility to make a show of it without mm-hmm. even take any class. Okay. So before to do the show, I told myself, maybe I could take a class of bachata. Mm-hmm. So I went to Park Football in Paris. This I've been there, yes. In, yes, in Paris, because DJ Chad was giving a bachata class. Really? So I went, yes, wait, 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 I went. wait, 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 <laughs> wait. DJ Chad, the Kizomba DJ, was a bachata yes. instructor? He was a bachata instructor. What? Yes. That's crazy. Okay, keep going. I'm listening. <laughs> Actually, a salsa, a salsa instructor as well. But he was. And then I, I did the class of bachata. By the way, he, he told me, like, really, like, I was really not good, but it's okay. <laughs> and then I went to sit a little bit, but just after the bachata class, the kizomba class was starting. Mm. And, you know, just for the little story, I'm from West Indies, Caribbean, Guadeloupe, Martinique. This is, a, this is the place of the Zouk, the Caribbean Zouk is from. This is my music, the Zouk. Uh-huh. And, and that maybe 2010, 2011, I was really in the dancehall, uh, zoo, Caribbean world. And in that world, Kizomba was new. But for me, Kizomba was for was from Cap Vert. Mm-hmm. And Kizomba, for me, in my head at that moment, was the copy of the Zouk, the bad copy of the Zouk, you know? Uh-huh. And I was with my ego against Kizomba. Oh, wow. So when, when the teacher said, we're going to start the Kizomba class. I was like, me? Take a kiss. Never. Never, <laughs> never. I'm a Zook dancer. Zook is better. Yeah. I was like this. And then I just put myself on the chair and I just looked around and I was alone. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was taking the class. So I was like, I will not stay alone. Let's take the class. Even two is bullshit. And then from that moment, November 2011, Mm-hmm. My life changed. What happened in November 2011? It was my first Kizomba class. Uh-huh. At Park Football? At Park Football with the teacher called Eva. Now he's still teaching in Paris, but he's not trying to be to be an instructor like during the festival, but he's still teaching, but he was my first ah, okay. teacher. And then after that class, I changed completely my opinion about Kizomba. I came back to Adeline and I said, Let's bachata go. Let's take Kizomba as a dance <laughs> the show. And then I took one class, two class, three class. I took a lot of a lot of different teachers' class. And always I was taking class alone and come back to my city to teach Adeline. Mm. So you were called to Paris and then you go back to your place in Paris because you don't live in Paris. Yeah, you live like an hour away from, from, the, yeah. from the city. Yeah. Exactly. So you took away. what you knew and then you, you brought it back to Adeline. Exactly. 
okay. So it wasn't even Kizomba that brought you and Adeline together. It was Bachata. Yeah, actually, we wanted to, the, to dance a partner dance, and Bachata was, for me, the good one. So we started with Bachata, but even not one class. It, it took maybe two weeks before I changed my mind, you know? But yeah. first of all, I wanted to try to dance Bachata. Very, very, very nice. And now, fast forward a couple of years, and now you're rocking the Kizoma world, going to some of the biggest Kizoma festivals out there, Kizoma Feeling, Luxembourg. It's really awesome to see... I Just, don't even realize. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's really awesome that you shared your story with your first Kizomba experience. Well, you know, you know, there are a lot of details that I didn't say because I used to talk too much, but mainly the idea was there. <laughs> yes, for sure. Well, I think a lot of us, myself included, we learn from a, a lot of different instructors, not just one instructor, you know, so it's hard to give just one instructor credit if you have multiple influences on your style, you know? Mm-hmm. And for our audience listening, if you guys have seen any videos with Laurent and Adeline, they definitely have a very unique Kizomba style. And it's um, different in the way that they move and the way that they express themselves and things like that. So I wanted to kind of delve into that a little bit. When did you notice that your style was different for Kizomba? And what gave you the courage to continue to be unique versus just copying somebody else? Whew. I hope you have time. <laughs> because I will tell you, when I say Kizomba changed my life, it's not for just to say that it was where I breathed. It definitely changed my life for real and about many, many things. Mm -hmm. But I realized it always after it happened. Really, always it's when it's done for a while that I realized what Kizomba brought me. And first of, first of all, Kizomba was the thing who brought me my my leadership. I will tell you why. Mm -hmm. My leader mindset today is because when I started Kizomba, like in November 2011, mm -hmm. I started to teach in February 2012. Oh, wow. Why? Because nobody was teaching Kizomba in my city. My friends wanted to do like me. When mm -hmm. my friends saw Adin and me dancing Kizomba, they said, oh, teach me. So I started to teach them. Mm -hmm. They are my friend. Why should I not? I started to teach them. The problem is that my friends, at that moment, there were maybe 10 or 15, you know. So I teach for 10 or 15 persons. But that 10 and 15 person, they also have friends. Mm -hmm. So then it started to be 30, 40 in the in the in the location of the training of my old hip hop group, mm -hmm. so we were kind of forty person learning Kizomba from me, because I was taking Kizomba in Paris in two thousand twelve. So it it started to to bring my leadership, but the problem is that Paris was an hour to drive from my from my city, mm -hmm. so I could not go there definitely every week, you know. So I needed to create something myself because the class was kind of two weeks, two, two times per week. Uh, okay. So actually, I had to discover myself in a dance already from the first steps because otherwise I would be like, I would miss some move to teach. I would miss some way to teach. I needed to grow myself. So it's almost so, at a necessity for the classes that you were teaching. Yes, it was. It was a necessity, definitely. I needed I needed to to grow by myself, you know, 
because I, di- I didn't have the money to put benzoyl in my car, mm-hmm. to go take class because class was expensive. It was kind of 10 euros per hour. Uh, today it's different, but I could not. I could not do this. So I needed to grow by myself. Mm-hmm. So from the beginning, I work on myself. I work alone, my Kizomba, by practicing with Adeline mm-hmm. at the training, practicing. At that time, I didn't have work. So I was practicing every single day. But I was actually practicing, trying to figure out what I could do. And I, and I started to test something to to make work my creativity by mm-hmm. myself. And it took one year, like one and a half year, I could not go every time in Paris. Maybe in one and a half year, I took maybe 10, max 15 class in Paris. Mm. Like one time per month, max. Like really max, one time per month. Because I didn't have the money to this. And all the rest months, I was training myself alone and teaching alone. Nobody helped me to teach. Mm. And all of that, after one and a half year, brought me to a style that at that time, so June 2013, mm-hmm. I made a championship. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. I just subscribed to that to, to the to the championship, like the national championship, France uh-huh. Kizomba Tour, and we won it. So there was a, a championship competition in France, and this yeah. was in 2013? Yeah. And that's the one that you guys won. And then that's when you guys started to get more, more attention? Mm, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. We just, I told you that because it was the point which, which bring the, the next point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. So we, we won it. We won uh, the France Quaison Batour 2013. And after that, still TJ Child said, mm, you just won the, the competition. Mm-hmm. You should make a Facebook page and a video to introduce you guys as the winner of the competition. I said, because I was really not serious at that moment, I said like, oh, DJ Chat told me that, so why why not to do that? And mm-hmm. we did it. And then we, we put online our first video, Technical Steps 2. And it was literally a buzz, like an amazing buzz. Like, I don't know how many shared, how many persons shared the video, but it was amazing. I was like, it was whew, like really amazing. And I discovered why, but always after. It was amazing because technical step two, when it went online on Facebook, mm-hmm. it was the first time that people were looking at a Kizomba in that way. Uh-huh. Really the very, very, very first time. In 2013, it was the first time that someone was dancing like this. And it's at that moment that I realized that I'd ha- I had my my own style. Mm, so before you didn't even know it was your I style really. I didn't even realize that I was growing by myself and I was growing in my style. I didn't even realize. I have really. a question. Yeah. You said it was technical steps two. Is there yes. a technical steps one? We have done the technical steps one. Actually on, on YouTube, it's technical step like result number. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have done it to promote a class that we were giving in a party, in a single party in my city, just mm-hmm. to make people willing to come to learn step from us. And technical step one, we did it. It's really odd. You can still find it on my YouTube channel. I'll try to uh, find the videos and I will share it on the show notes of this podcast so that people can see it. 
Yes, and it was really a short, short video. You just see our legs. It was really focusing on the steps, mm-hmm. and he, he, you can see our legs. But that that one also people people were like, oh, that's nice because maybe today it's gonna be bored because you see a lot of things like this. Mm-hmm. But you just have to remind that that video was in 2012. Yeah, for sure. And that changed everything. But technical step zero or one, the, the first one, wasn't like really. It wasn't really f- uh, obvious that it was a, a new style, you know. Yeah, for sure. And and when we did the two, like after have done the competition, mm-hmm. then that was like literally a new style. I got you. So it's really interesting looking in retrospect because, like, if you take a look at the Kizoma scene now, people, including myself, and like when we go, like people want to learn, people want to train, people want to practice, and they want to be. A, a good student, you know, before they start to go and start to create their own style, you know. But for you, for your story, like it wasn't really training under somebody. It was really just figuring things out on your own. And it's really interesting now in, in the Kizoma scene because if you don't say, oh, I trained with this person or I trained with that person, it like takes away your credibility sometimes, you know. But there, there has to be a point where you don't you have enough confidence in yourself or maybe a vision or maybe a voice inside or something like that. It's like, hey, um, I feel something that I want to express and express that versus just waiting for somebody to, to train you to get to that point. And some people spend a long time training and they never feel ready or they never feel good enough, you know? Yeah, I, I had that feeling definitely because it wasn't easy what I did. Sometimes I felt literally alone, mm-hmm. really alone in my city. I had some down moments for real. And I just kept going because I love it. Really, I, the only thing who brought me here today is because I love dancing and I love Kizomba. If I would not literally loving the dance, I would never succeed to put my style in it because I would never have practice that much mm-hmm. like without them and stop myself even in the bad moments and that's why i think uh, this is uh, an important point because some people we to train a lot like to train a lot with uh, i don't know great teachers to train a lot to find their own style mm-hmm. but but before all of this they maybe should ask themselves if they really love it because it's again it's really more difficult, like really, really more difficult to find your own style if mm-hmm. you don't even love what you do. Yeah, for sure. You definitely have to ask yourself if that dance is for you, if the way you dance is for you. Because maybe, like me, if I would like be Harry and continue bachata, maybe I would not even start Kizomba. But the, from, from the first day that I started Kizomba, it was my dance. Like when I discovered it, it was my dance. And I never stopped to love Kizomba until now. That's awesome. So with you having a unique style, I'm pretty sure that you have people that were not in favor of your style or they didn't like your style. And because it wasn't <laughs> representative of, of traditional Kizomba and things like that. And I'm pretty sure that's still the case even now. What are your thoughts on that? And when, how did you react when you found out that people... There were people who did not like your style, and it's a it's a dance that you love, but people did not like your style. I hope you have time. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're doing good on time. Yeah, but I'm trying to hold myself because I have the, I know myself, and I know that I talk too much, so I'm trying <laughs> to just give 
the main information. I don't know if I succeed, but I try. Right? No, it's, it's all, awesome. After this, we'll go into some other stuff, but that will be this will be like one of the good questions for sure. Okay, okay, okay. So that is uh, also a really interesting point. This is uh, one of the things which I would like every person willing to become teacher, willing to become anything in Kizomba world to listen. And actually, I, want, I wanted to make a video of it, but that's, this is good. When I started to be different, I got a lot of followers. A lot of followers follow me because they like what I do. But in the same time, I got a lot of haters. But what is also important to say is that I also got a lot of middle. Like I had people loving me, I had people hating me, but also I loved, I had people not especially love me, but don't don't even care about. Yeah, me. like indifferent. Yeah, indifferent, definitely. And that is really important. When you are in it, you just you are just happy for the lover for the for the followers that you get, and so sad for the haters that you get. And one more thing, in general, the lovers, they love you, but they don't tell you that they love you. <laughs> and the haters, they're most funny and what they do daily is to tell you that they hate you. So what you imagine when you are in it is that you are more haters than lovers. But this is, this is so far from the reality, definitely. But I took time. And I realized it only after. About the lover and the haters, I have to admit that today, and not last year, it came just from this year, today I understand what it is. I understand what it is. I'm myself a hater of some things, definitely. This is uh, my, my theory. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Lovers are people recognizing themselves with your style to dance. That is lovers. Mm-hmm. Haters are completely the opposite. And instead to tell them, oh, it's not me dancing like this, but I prefer dancing someone else, like dancing like someone else. Like when you choose, when you go to the supermarket, you have thousand tastes. This is exactly the same. They mm-hmm. say instead that this is not their taste, they said that this is shit, this is not good. And why they say that? To convince themselves that their test is good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is this is definitely a point. Like I put my finger on that point that haters are just that kind of people. Don't even realize what they do because they use to do it. Then, when you grow up in your style, the most important is not the haters. How many haters do you have? It's how many lovers do you have? And it doesn't matter if on, uh, I don't know, 100 people, you just have 20 lovers and 50 haters. This is not the most important. The most important is that is the 20 lovers because you can imagine yourself in a space with that 20 lovers and only that 20 lovers. And actually, you are in this space. In this space, you don't invite the haters. Even two, you have 20, 15 10 lovers, what you do, mm-hmm. you do for that kind of persons. And now we know 
the middle, the indifferent, we know the haters, we know the lovers. Let's talk about the traditionalists. Mm-hmm. That is another that is another story. The traditionalists are they are not haters. They are not middle. They are defending the a tradition. Mm-hmm. And this is for you in your in your position when you start, for example, I, I put myself in the position when you start, for example, to to do something, or you have the traditionalists in your side, or you have the traditionalists like in the other side. Mm-hmm. So, or you have the traditionalist in lovers, or you have traditionalists in haters, depending on your style. Correct. And when you do something, you have to know what you do. So it means that if you, for example, teach Kizomba, you have to know what is Kizomba, where is from Kizomba. Just try to know a little bit. Maybe not every single detail, but try to know a little bit. But mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that traditional are going to like you. It doesn't mean it, definitely. But traditional are just protecting or maybe trying to 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 deserve something from the tradition. Like this is coming from my tradition, so this my tradition deserves to to take the benefit on it or something like this. Mm-hmm. You know, like at least the respect, and that is something that I totally agree. You know, in my case, the traditionalist wasn't in my side, mm-hmm. but in the traditionalist. They are haters, mm-hmm. definitely. And that is the result of, in maybe 2014, I think, yes, 2014, I had maybe 60% of haters for maybe 35% of lovers and 5% of middle mm-hmm. and different. And that is hard. Today, today the balance changed. We're going to talk about it later, but today the balance changed. But before 2014, I had it. And how I know this? Because on my videos, YouTubes, I had only comments from traditionalists. Mm. Traditionalist haters. I received maybe 100 and 100 messages on Facebook from traditionalists saying that this is not Kizomba. I, I got a lot. I got a lot. And sometimes it just put me depressed. Yeah. For real. For real. For real. But one thing is sure is that. I kept going. I kept going because what I did, I loved it. Okay? I loved it uh, and I didn't want to change my style for someone. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to stop neither. So I kept going. And when I kept going, I just realized that my my lovers was growing up. 35 became 40. 40 became 50. 50 became 60 mm-hmm. with the time. Because lovers talk about you about to other lovers, that other like potential, for sure, potential lovers, and then your lovers grow up, and more you are lovers, more you grow up in your career. Mm-hmm. This is definitely the case. It's not less you have haters, more you grow up in your career. That isn't true. That is definitely not true. This is even the opposite because more you get famous, more you get haters. Yeah. So more you get haters, actually. This is not really the good image, but more you get haters, it means that more you are famous, more you are famous, more you get lovers, more you grow up in your career. This is necessary. And it's not just in the Kizomba world. It's, it can be for singing, it could be for acting, it could be for yeah. sports, it can be a lot of things, you know? The people who like, love Kobe Bryant and the people who hate Kobe Bryant, you know? Yeah, like I told you, I didn't know anything about that kind of world before Kizomba. Mm-hmm. Kizomba made me understand it, but actually this is, like you said, the case. I think of every artistic world. Mm-hmm. 
definitely. That's awesome. So you started to have more and more influence and it's awesome that you got more and more people supporting you. What was the inspiration to start to create some of the videos that you're making online now? I'm pretty sure some of our listeners have seen your video. Kizomba doesn't exist. So it's interesting you say that you didn't really know what haters were before Kizomba, but Kizomba kind of like taught you that, you know, and then it kind of opened you up to the artistic world. So now with your style, with the confidence, with your support, your love for Kizoma, things like that, what was the inspiration to like, okay, now I have a voice because there's dance instructors out there that dance, but they don't really speak their, their mind. So what was your inspiration to give you a voice behind what you do? When I did that video, Kizomba doesn't exist. It was the result of three years fighting against the reality of the haters mm -hmm. in that artistic world. I mean Kizomba world, but I think it's the same in the other artistic world. Yes, for sure. When I finally got the point of what is the haters, why, in Kizomba world, I mean, why they hate, why I hear every single weekend when I go to festival, this is not Kizomba, this is na na na, this na na na, this na na na. I, I had a lot of conversation with a lot of people, with Pichu, with na, 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 always the same problem, which actually isn't a problem. This is not a problem. This is a problem only for haters. Mm -hmm. Haters, which actually are the person, like, this is not my test, okay, mm -hmm. are doing, are making the problem. Traditionalists, about the problem, this is Kizomba, this is not Kizomba. Traditionalists, they will say, this is not the authentic Kizomba. Mm -hmm. Okay? So give another name to be clear on what is Kizomba and what is that Kizomba fusion with something else. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the, the speak of a traditionalist. A haters will say, this is not Kizomba, this is shit. And that is really important to understand the difference. That's why when I, when I got it, after all of my experience, I understood that the problem is not in a dance. The problem is from people. If today haters exist, it's because haters decided to be haters. Nothing to see with the traditionalist. Actually, when I did that video, everyone was thinking that it, it was against the traditionalist. But actually, it was against the haters. In my video, you see uh, someone that I, this is, this is me, that person, who just put a gun on me. But that gun represents the haters, not the traditionalists. And that's why when I start to do my video, I start to talk about the culture. I said, Kizomba is from here. This is that. Kizomba is dense basically on that. This is from Semba. Na, 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 na. All of what I have heard, you know. When I went to festival, I participated to some debate. People was literally saying, Kizomba is from Angola. Kizomba means uh, party in, in Kibuntu, Kizombadas. But today we call Kizomba the music and as well the dance with Eduardo Payne. And all of what I say in my video, I heard it from the Angolan speakers in a festival, which I completely agree, you know, which I completely agree. Then I got to the point of today. Today, when you go to Kizomba party in Paris, like I did, like everyone did, you don't hear Kizomba. You hear Ghetto Zook. And mm -hmm. then when you dance, you cannot dance with the Kizomba feeling. You dance with the Ghetto Zook, R&B remix feeling. 
So you dance how your teacher teach you, but your teacher is already a teacher from the ghetto zoo generation. Mm -hmm. So you dance like him because you dance how you feel. This is how you feel. Maybe if, if the teacher was dancing from the authentic way, Maybe you do. You will not even take the class. Yeah. You know. Maybe. Maybe yes. Maybe not. Maybe if you took that class and you came back to that class, it's because it was the way you feel to dance. You wanted to feel like this. One time I went to a class. I see the teacher. I I saw him dancing, and I said, No, I don't take the class. I went back to my home. I don't take the class because I didn't feel to dance like that guy. Mm-hmm. So actually, you cannot blame people to teach the way they dance because if people are there and people come back it's because they feel to dance like it. Yes, for sure. They're inspired by it. Yeah, exactly. They are inspired by it. So when I, at that moment in my video, I said that they just dance how they feel and there is no problem. So of course, the traditionalist just needs, and this is the discourse of the traditionalist, that needs everything to be clear. Like Kizomba in an authentic way, this is that. And then your way to dance is not the authentic way, so call it another name. Actually, it's like salsa. You Today you have salsa and you mm -hmm. have a name to define which salsa. You have the salsa that style, that style, salsa on two, on one, and you When you go to a class of salsa, in general, you know which kind of salsa you're going to learn. Exactly. You know? The tradition is they just want everything to be clear, to keep the Kizomba authentic, stay authentic. And what you do, put a name on it. Like these people know that is not the authentic way to dance Kizomba. And then they choose. Mm -hmm. This is the disco. And then the one who say this is shit because it's not his taste, take the excuse of the tradition or the culture to say this is shit because this is not the culture. And they, that kind of people, just are categorized like traditionalists. But they are just haters taking the excuse of the tradition to say that what 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 the people do is shit i think it's really cool that you are distinguishing a traditionalist between a hater because some people will think the traditionalist and the haters are the same person or the same group of people but i think it's really awesome that you're distinguishing the difference between both you know definitely this is my vision and i have talked to someone and for the little for the little story Uh, after that video, I have been unbooked from a festival, from several festivals, actually. You were unbooked? But, yeah. An organizer just, just showed me and he told me, you know, I made you, came, I made you come one time uh, in my festival. It was really awesome. But now I think we, we don't agree uh, each other with what you do now. So I told you you were booked for the next one. But please just unbook the festival. You know? Wow. And I, and I have talked to him. I have said, I respect your decision. No problem. I respect your decision. But I think you took wrong what I mean. And he said, what do you mean? I said, what is the end of the video? When you, when you see all of the video, what is the end of the video? What do you just keep in your mind at the end of the video? Do you keep in your mind that I say that the evolution of the dance, you cannot, you cannot control it. You have to let people dance how they feel. Mm -hmm. or, do you, or do you just remind, remember the last word, unity? Do you just Remember that the problem is not from the dance, this is from the people. This is actually from the haters. Yeah. And he said, yes, I agree. And I said, I'm pretty sure that traditional don't want to do this. They don't want to say this is shit. They don't want to bring negativity in that world. They want to bring positivity. And he said, yes. And I said, this is my message. And he said, why don't you just say your message between uh, instead to... 
to say all of the bullshit that you say before. And he said, your video is called Kizomba doesn't exist. This is an offense to, uh, against the, the traditionalists to say that Kizomba doesn't exist. I say, you know, you just hear what you want to hear because everyone just conscious looking at the video can can really clearly see that the title was just the to story grab attention, yeah. of it. yeah it was just the story of the video because when i when i when you go through the video you just listen and you just realize that it was just a way to say that kizomba is from another dance yeah kizomba is from semba and this is clear but you just want to put yourself and to stop at the fact that i said that kizomba doesn't exist and to take it like a negativity but actually i can understand it because the communication the way to communicate is really important because when you send an information the way people receive is always different mm -hmm, because sure. receive an information is personal so this maybe was my mistake i could do it in another way i could do it in another way i could maybe just focus my message in peace and mm -hmm. just focus all of what i what i do in a positive way this is maybe it was maybe my mistake and today i admit because it's important to admit what you do wrong and that's why i did like after this i did another video like is your bank is is a new dance and now i'm preparing a new video called sorry kizomba gonna be online soon and that sorry kizomba is the last video that i will do about traditionalist haters mm -hmm. lovers everything Anna. and it's focused on positivity and only positivity the goal is to bring positivity and to make people realize that we can be all together without sure. fighting and it's haters who fight. No, I think it's really awesome to to stand behind a vision and stand behind a message and put your message out there, you know? Yes, I, I agree that you could have like been all positive, but I mean, if you read some of the comments on Facebook and what people are saying and like getting angry, like there's definitely some negativity thoughts out there too, you know? So it's you can't hide that. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to show the real picture of the good and the bad, then you have to show both sides. You know, that's that's yes. real life. Yes, 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 yes. This is true. All right, Lawrence. So it has been an awesome interview. And I know there's definitely more things that we can talk about. Um, I'll definitely I have think you. I already took I already talked too much. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think it's too much at all. This is this is what people want to know. This is why I have you here. And like I said before, we even started the podcast we're going to have multiple podcasts for sure because I want to get your thoughts on technique of like dancing with Adeline and styling and urban kids. We didn't even talk about urban kids or anything like that. But I think <laughs> I just wanted to give our listeners a chance to get to know about more who you are and what your story was and how you got started and how you kind of got to the way that you are now. So this is kind of like the introduction podcast for you. And then yeah. in other podcasts, we can definitely talk more maybe we have like maybe 10 more podcasts in the future or something like that but it'll be awesome yeah who knows that's good so thank you so much for all your time i just want to give you opportunity to say some last words to our audience for today and then let them know how they can find you online then everyone thank you to have listened that podcast uh i'm still thinking that it was pretty long but if you are until the end I wanted to say you thank you. And if you are interested to know more about me, just stay tuned with uh, Charloga, which is my friend from USA. Stay tuned on me on Facebook. My name is Laurent Yishu on Facebook, on YouTube as well. Laurent Yishu, you can find uh, videos, theory, tutorials, everything on my YouTube channel. This is not how to find. So just follow me and to get more information, inspiration, technique of dance and everything. Awesome. Awesome. What does Yishu mean? Oh. 
then what did what does it mean? I will tell you, but in another podcast. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. That will be a good cliffhanger for our people. So thank you everybody for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and we'll definitely have Laurent on again. Thank you guys. Enjoy your day. Enjoy. Thank you for checking out the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast today. Be sure to check out neokizomba.com for links to everything that we chatted about today, as well as some awesome free resources to enhance your Kizomba journey. Oh, 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 oh,